This is the Wave Zero Podcast. Welcome to the Wave Zero Podcast. I'm your host, John Lunitz. I'm excited about the next series of casts that we're recording called The Executive Edge. It is a series of interviews with highly successful executives within the fastest growing and highly competitive sectors of finance and technology, fintech. In fact, according to CB Insights, Global fintech market value is expected to reach $365 billion by 2023, with an annual growth rate of almost 25%. Furthermore, returns for fintech outpaced traditional U.S. financial services almost 200% over the last five years. Hey, that's FINX versus IYG for those charting at home. We're going to take a deeper dive into how they have and how they are thriving in today's complex landscape. We're going to discuss backgrounds, both personal and professional, and the role they played in shaping these A players. With leadership qualities that drive performance, results, and inspire people, this series will provide insights into the minds of executives that have proven track records. I'm pleased to welcome to the conversation entrepreneur, editor-in-chief of Money 2020, and co-founder and CEO of Guppy, Sanjeev Kalita. Sanjeev, welcome. Thank you very much, John. I'm really excited and honored to be here. Oh, Sanjeev, we're thrilled to have you. So quite the, the title, right? Entrepreneur, CEO, co-founder, editor-in-chief. So let's talk a little bit about uh, some of those roles as well as your background. Absolutely. Where should I start? Uh, maybe we'll just start a little bit about, about your current roles, and then we'll get into some of your background and really how, you, how these positions became, how you became to get into these roles. Sure, absolutely. So I, I think, let, let me first start off with the entrepreneur piece. Um, you know, I, I've, been, I've been working for, you know, about 25 years now. Um, and, I, you know, I'd say the first half of my career was in, uh, you know, large companies. And the last you know, 10 years or so, I, I've been an entrepreneur, which means that I've, um, you know, t- tried to take chances on new ideas, new businesses. And, um, and I actually really find that that gels really well with who I am. Um, and my latest startup, Guppy, um, uh, which, you know, I'm, as you mentioned, I'm the CEO and co-founder of, um, is about credit data and trying to basically really disrupt and improve that credit data um, ecosystem so that the actual data owners who are consumers and banks um, and account providers uh, can actually um, you know, have, have a better system. And, and then, you know, as far as Money 2020, that, that was, um, that's the last uh, company that I worked on. Um, and Money 2020 is a conference business focused on disruptive innovations in fintech and financial services. And, um, you know, when, when I worked on that, um, it was like, <laughs> it was a, a small group and we grew it and then it was acquired. And, and so now I'm, uh, I have the privilege of being editor in chief there. So let's uh, unpack that a little bit, right? Because you said this gels with who you are. I think that's a key statement. So let's talk a little bit about who you are and maybe where you came from. So have you always been uh, entrepreneurial or from, you know, in your early years, uh, education, uh, family? Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what some of those were in order to kind of shape who you've become. Yeah, so, so I, I I wouldn't say that I I was an entrepreneur necessarily from the like ever since I was little, but I I described myself as more of an inventor since I was little. Um, like I, I remember sitting on the couch with my parents when I was, you know, four or five years old, 
um, taking a piece of paper and drawing what a new car would might look like, or, you know, even beyond that, like sort of, I learned about rubber and like, okay, what happens if you put rubber next to uh, steel? Does that make the car safer? You know, I, I, would, I would think about crazy things like that. And, and um, when my parents bought me gifts like toys where I would get toys, I, I would take them apart and try to put them back together. And which I mean, I'm sure really, you know, frustrated my parents because they spent good money on, on the toy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, you know, that, that, that was just like who I was. I, I like to see how things work. I like to take things apart and put them back together again. And, 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 you know, now as an entrepreneur, um, I, I, I probably have a similar mentality of, you know, looking at financial services, taking it apart and figuring out how can it be better and putting it back together again in a manner that I think might be better. Um, and, and, you know, so it, it, it's, it's, so I, I wouldn't, you know, like I said, I, I didn't necessarily think about business models <laughs> like sales and marketing when I was in elementary school. Uh, it, it was more about product and, and product development. Now, did you go to school from an educational standpoint uh, for marketing or based on taking these things apart and putting them back together? That sounds to me resonates some type of engineering or architectural. Uh, you're absolutely right. I, I was an engineer. I, uh, I was an electrical engineer and I, I was a chip designer. I started off out of college uh, as a chip designer at Intel. Um, I used to design flash memory chips, uh, motherboard chipsets, graphics chips. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, a lot of the computers that, you know, the listeners are using right now probably have logic that I've built in there. Um, I, I actually designed a you know, graphics uh, test writing language over 25 years, you know, about uh, 22, 23 years ago that, that Intel was still using, you know. Um, and, and, and so it, I was a very, very technical person. And then I, I, I helped launch a new graphics chip business when I was at Intel. And I found myself asking, you know, what, what are our customers saying about it? What are competitors doing? How's it being positioned? And to me, that was like uh, a sign that, you know, perhaps I should go, you know, apply my engineering with business and really get deeper into um, product development, product design. And then taking that engineering degree and this passion for what the customer is saying and how to apply it, where did that lead you? Yeah, no, I, I, I when I was in business school, you know, my initial plan was to become like a technical marketer. And when I was there, um, and I, I, I spoke to, you know, I was the first year, I spoke to second years who were um, also trying to get in tech marketing or in tech marketing. And what they said was that if you go to consumer packaged goods marketing or something that's more traditional, you can learn that marketing craft and go back to technology and apply it. And so that, that's sort of what my thinking was. And so I, actually for my summer internship, I worked on uh, Excedrin. Um, you know, the, the headache medicine. And that, that to me was an amazing learning because, you know, you have like Excedrin, Tylenol, Motrin, which are sort of the branded names, but then you've got all, all these, their actual um, chemicals. And then you, you can see like how something that's essentially the same thing can be positioned in such different ways, um, uh, you know, th that leads to things that might mean you consumers believe it's more effective or consumers believe that it's used for headaches, or consumers believe that it is a safer uh, medicine. So I, I, I and, and, and I think that that's sort of how I, I wound up um, in the place that I'm at right now. 
And that was why you did your internship while you were at school. And then you graduated with an MBA. And from there, you said you started to work for larger companies you did in your intro? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I actually, post, uh, post MBA, um, I, I wound up uh, joining City in the credit cards business. And, you know, which is where, you know, obviously you and I met um, you know, many years ago. And it was, um, I, I was actually, you know, I, I, my, my thinking was, yeah, I want to be in New York City. I want to work in marketing. I want to work in organization that has global reach. And I didn't necessarily think about like credit cards or payments or financial services. And what I found was that once I joined, I was like, actually, this, you, you know, uh, you, you wind up thinking about when do people use credit cards? How do they use it? And and what for, and, and it, it just, you know, you sort of get into the business and you're like, wow, this is actually quite fascinating. And then from city that when you left city, that's when you started your entrepreneurship. Yes, exactly. I, in, in 2010, I, I left um, city uh, to work on a startup with one of my best friends, actually one of my roommates in college, uh, former roommates in college um, to bring online classes to mobile phones. And this was back in 2009, 2010 um, you know, shortly after the iPhone was launched and, you know, the, the advertisements were like, you know, from Apple were like, there's an app for that. And so there was an app, we were trying to build apps for, um, for, for education. And, and um, so we built the first official Khan Academy mobile app that we did apps for MIT, for Cornell. And uh, you, you know what, it was um, I, actually, I, like the thing I loved about it was like, even though we're, we're a small team, we're like, we're just focused and we're like, okay, we, we have to make this happen. And we're, you, you know, you, you realize that with a small group of highly uh, empowered and highly um, talented uh, individuals, you can, you can do some amazing things. And, and that's, that's what we did. And, and, um, it, and you know, there was definitely like some, a little bit of worry, like, you know, I was living in Manhattan. I had a nice job earning a salary and I, I gave that up for no salary and for a company that no one knew about and um, in, in something that was very unproven. And, but you know, that, that like as, as a lot of time, you know, when it rains, it pours in a good way, in a bad way, and this was in a bad way, but you know, some, there's some financial things that came up and I wound up having like 20 bucks in my pocket living in Manhattan thinking, Oh man, I, I gotta uh, figure out how I can survive in Manhattan with the, with these twenty bucks. And but but even then, I was like, I was so much happier than when I was at the big company. Um, and I, I think to me that was a sign that you know, I made the right decision. And and you know I, I've, I haven't really you know continued on that path ever since. Well, there are a few things there, right? Number one, this mobile learning or what an idea ten years ahead of its time, right? Uh, especially in today's pandemic environment of being able to teach remotely almost every kid in the entire United States or hell in the entire world at this point is taking some kind of online virtual class. So, I mean, you guys were pretty much 10 years ahead of your time. I, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I think that, um, and I think that's a very good point you brought up, John, because we were ahead of our time. And, and a lot of times when you're, working on a business idea, you want to be, so you, you want to be ahead of your time, but you also don't want to be too far ahead of your time because, um, you know, long story short, we, you know, the, the business that we built, we, we had to shut down because it was too far ahead of its time. I, I, I'd say, you know, we started at about 
10 years ago, if we'd started five years ago, I think we'd be doing quite well with it. But, um, you know, I, th- I think back then it was um, like, like I said, the iPhone was just coming out and I think people were just starting to get um, more comfortable with these types of technologies. And especially in an industry like education, um, you know, that had historically been really driven by getting people to pay for being in a physical class. Um, you know, I think that was a bridge too far back then. Uh, it's a bridge that's a perfect time right now. Oh, exactly. And the other thing I don't want to let go, right? You said you had $20 in your pocket in Manhattan. Uh, I haven't been to Manhattan about a year, but when I'm up there, 20 bucks, that's not going to get you a water and a bagel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I remember literally going to the grocery store uh, and, uh, you know, b- b- picking out the cheapest, you know, bread that I could find and uh, sl- slice a packet of cheese, American cheese uh, singles and then peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's, let's see how this goes. And then, um, and, and then beyond that also, it, it, it sort of comes also to ha- having uh, friends, having good friends and generous friends. And um, so th- there were definitely a couple of times that week when, uh, you know, a friend uh, or two would uh, treat me out for lunch. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't go nuts, but it, it was just nice to, you know, not have that network um, when you needed it. Right. So obviously you talked about you had to shut down the business. You had 20 bucks in your pocket, but something must have gone right. So what happened after you had to shut this down and then you still got this entrepreneurial spirit. You mentioned it's at the core of who you are. And then what happened? Yeah. So so then I I wound up joining another company called TXVIA, which was a payment platform building technology company. Um, And that's a mouthful. So let, let, let me just try to put it into uh, easier language. You know, say if I'm trying to launch a prepaid card, a gift card program, or even a credit card, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of requirements that go into that, um, into that product. Like, you know, is it MasterCard? Is it Visa or, or something else? Does, does it earn points? Um, you know, what are the rules around it? What are the fees around it? And so th- there's a whole bunch of like, coding and software that needs to happen. And, and so we built technology that's re- dramatically simplified how that happened. And, um, and, and so, you know, that, that, that was a business that, um, you know, had many customers and, you know, also did, did quite well. And um, so I, I joined that uh, TXV on the product team. And, uh, and one of our customers was uh, Google and uh, Google liked our technology so much that they acquired us in um, in uh, 2012, and 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 so that that was uh, so th- that that was a case where we had a a, a a positive, a very positive outcome on on multiple fronts there. Right. So when they acquired you, right? So you sold that, and then from there, is that when you founded Guppy? Because it sounds like within this whole process of I don't know what do you, how do you want to call it, but this evolution of Sanjeev, right? You really kind of found your passion. You noted early that this is really at the core of who you are and, and this is what gelled with you. And then you've now got what, three companies under your belt with Guppy? Yeah, so, so I, actually what happened was after the Guppy, uh, Google acquisition, uh, I was at Google for a year and then I left uh, to work on Money 2020, the, the FinTech conference that, that I mentioned. And, and then uh, that, that was also like a company that we, you know, it, when I joined, it was, you know, four of us in a room 
calling our friends saying, hey, we're, we're building this thing called Money 2020. And, and back then, you know, no one knew the name Money 2020. So everybody called it Money Money. Hey, I'm really interested in going to Money Money. I'm like, no, it's Money 2020. And, uh, and, uh, and, and we, we built that and we sold that as well. And then um, I, actually after, after uh, Money 2020, that's when I, I started working on Guppy. So yeah, Guppy is the fourth one that I'm, I've worked on. Gotcha. And then, so just let's uh, talk a little bit about Money 2020, and then we'll get into Guppy, right? So again, I can just let you know I'm actually registered. I've been for the last two years. I'm already registered again for this year's event, right? And then the name, right? Talk about people calling it Money, Money, and yeah. Money 2020. It was it? Did you call it 2020 because of relative to vision? You have 2020 vision, or it was the future, and it was going to what was going to happen in 2020? And then that's my first question. And then the second question is is with, within this pandemic, you know, what are some of the adjustments that uh, you and the team are going to have to make this year in order to have a successful conference? Sure. Uh, great questions. And, and um, so, you know, as far as the 2020, I, I, just to be very transparent, that, that was a, initially we had uh, the year 2020 in mind um, because this was, two th- you know, the, the first event happened in 2012. And so 2020 was, in the future, but it wasn't so far in the future that you could go like you could completely disassociate yourself from reality. Um, it was it was uh, far, but not so far. So you had to talk about disruptive innovation without being uh, too in the in the clouds. And at the same time, it wasn't so near that you wound up doing stuff that's like very low hanging fruit, which could be a little bit boring. Like like if it was like money twenty thirteen, you're looking at a year. And, and then you're like, okay, you're, the benchmark of what you can do in a year is very different from what you can do in eight years. So, so you know, we, we, um, you know Money 2020 was launched. And, and, and then after that first year, you know, after, you know, the great results and the great feedback and, and how much love we got from the industry, um, we're like, okay, this is going to be around. And, and so then that's when we um, sort of shifted uh, a little bit to... Um, money 2020 being you know 2020 vision and we changed our you know logo and you know to include the slash and and, and you know really doubled down on having that future vision um which in in the end that's that's also the, the, at the launch that was sort of a double meaning and we, we we like double meanings we, we like creativity we like cleverness and um and and, and you know the, the the funny thing is that as with all things like it's as you expand globally like so then we launched in Europe, then Asia and China. And, and, and like, for example, in Asia, like, you know, they use the metric system. So they don't say 2020, they'll, they'll say 7-7. Seven, seven. So even the 2020 didn't make, as vision didn't necessarily make sense, but it was understood enough that we were able to keep it um, as, as a brand name. And then, um, you know, as far as looking at, uh, you know, events this year, I, I mean, this is, um, you know, to, to say it's been a, challenging years that definitely uh an understatement um you know it 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 means that um a lot of uh, the folks that normally are jumping at the bit to be there you know might not be able to be there um you know from uh attendee perspective from an exhibitor perspective from a speaker perspective um so you know i I think that that's sort of a a a tough part of it on the flip side um, and I'm, I'm sure that you and a lot of the listeners will attest to this on a personal and professional basis, but, you know, uh, d- digital transformation has been dramatically accelerated. Uh, 
And, you know, that's a topic that we were founded on. And so it's even more important. And, and then, so I think that, um, you know, that, that, that's sort of something that, you know, you have the headwinds and you have the tailwinds. Well, I definitely think it's one of the premier events uh, and one of the premier conferences, especially from an industry standpoint, as well as, you know, looking across the landscape. I mean, just from a personal note, uh, uh, professional, as you just noted, is when I attend the conference, one of the things that actually I find is, is a differentiator, it's not just about talking through things such as cybersecurity, which you do a great job of, or accelerating the digital experience. But the other things like these creator canyons, uh, stage and being able to listen to people who basically have created digital brands or have put together ideas that uh, are in other industries besides fintech. I, I've actually found that extremely helpful um, as well as fascinating because you can take the lessons from uh, across right a multitude of industries and then apply that creativity for what you're looking to build. So I, I always enjoy it. Uh, I'm definitely planning on going out there and hopefully we'll get to have it in person. If not, we'll definitely attend virtually this year. Yeah. No, I th thank you for those kind words. And, and, and I, I, th I think like even, you know, our experience, you know, we, we've, we met, you know, close to 20 years ago. And, um, but, you know, when we met in Vegas, it was a, um, you know, it was a jump back to that memory of when we met but also your career has progressed amazingly and I, I've done very many different things. And so we're able to cut touch base and sort of you know, exchange stories about how, how the world has changed um, and, and, and really enjoy that and, and know that we're each telling our, our truth, true truth and not trying to sugarcoat it. And, and uh, you know, that, that, that that's, uh, that's definitely something I appreciate. Oh, likewise. But Sandeep, remember, hey, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, let's jump real quick back in. I don't, I don't want to lose sight of the Guppy, right? You're, you're yeah. co-founder and CEO of Guppy. Let's talk a little bit about what Guppy does, uh, kind of your marketplace position and really what's next for your company. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think uh, Guppy, um, you know, it is, disrupts the credit data uh, marketplace and um, you know I, I as I mentioned you know from city when I was at city um, I worked on a variety of different roles but one of them was actually managing a large one of the largest credit card portfolios in, in the country and in the world and um, what I found was that every six months every year you know th there was a constant drumbeat of hey we need better data about our customers you know our cust we're having we're turning away customers that we shouldn't or resulting in bad customer experiences that hurt the brand and how can we improve that? And, you know, so that was a fairly, you know, I, I felt the B2B pain points of, uh, of the legacy uh, credit data ecosystem. And then uh, if we jump forward to April of 2012, um, in, in April of 2012, I got engaged. Uh, Google acquired the startup I was working on. Then uh, I was buying an apartment in Manhattan and I got married because my mom had some heart uh, health issues. And so we, we just need to do it really quick. So it was a crazy month. And in, in when I, since I was buying the apartment, they pulled my credit report, which had a bunch of bad data. Um, and uh, including I was supposedly married to someone else in California. I had five foreclosures, four bad auto loans, all, all, obviously all bad data. And but getting that cleared up was such a pain. And so that, you know, feeling the B2B as well as the B2C pain points made me realize that 
there's a there needs to be a better way and um when we built money 2020 i was in charge of picking speakers and putting together the agenda so cover bitcoin and blockchain and realized that blockchain could be an interesting uh infrastructure that pushes control uh to the edges without sacrificing security and what that means is that uh banks and account providers as as well as consumers can control and monetize their data and um you know you're not necessarily beholden to a centralized database which um you know as as we've seen in the past few years is is a big target for hackers um and 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 so uh you know we we built uh, something on blockchain um initially on bitcoin then we moved to ethereum and uh we started um bringing live data on the system last year and you know we, we've gotten some good industry recognition um and uh, I, I actually just this morning i was on the phone with um some big regulators in in um in dc and 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 about their interest and so it, it, it's actually um you know it, it, i've i've heard positive comments from consumers i've heard positive comments from banks from regulators um and uh, you know globally as well so i i think this is a uh th there's a set of problems here that desperately need a solution and, and we believe that guppy will be the solution excellent and then from an overall standpoint right it sounds like just if i understand right you're you're basically allowing the consumer to take ownership of their credit data and then giving them a voice within the system right if i understood that correctly Yes, exactly. And then, and on the other side of it, on the account providers, it's it's more of a platform. Is that correct for them it, to it, monitor and maintain the relationship? It it, it is um, it, it is a platform, and and they they have um, they, they have a say as well too. Um, so, be, be, um, but I'd say that the cons in in Guppy, the consumer voice is is the top voice, followed by the account providers, and then Guppy we're, we're we're just sort of the infrastructure whereas if you look at the current ecosystem once a bank sends their data to the bureau that they banks have no voice consumers really don't have a voice and so um i think that there's for better or worse there's a huge room for improvement even from a bank's perspective i understand and then so what are the next steps with guppy i mean what are you as far as are you guys in the hiring mode? Are you basically still doing funding? Are you looking to do an IPO? Kind of, let's talk to you a little bit about what do you think the next steps are from an organizational standpoint? Yeah, so, so from an organizational standpoint, um, you know, I'd say like, you know, three, four years ago, it was just two of us. And three years ago, it was three of us. Last year, uh, it was four or five of us. And, um, you, you know, we're, we're um, uh, we're, we're still uh, self-funded uh, and, you know, bootstrapping. And, you know, I'd say in the next, within the next six months to a year, uh, you know, we, we want to um, get, raise some funding and then grow the team. And, you know, that, that will also coincide with, uh, you know, getting live into market and at scale and, um, and, and then, you know, hopefully making an impact and, 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 uh, you know, we're, we're still, we're live right now uh, in, in terms of having live data and, but, but it's still, um, it's, it's only, I've only made it, it's maybe, a, you know, it's on the order of hundreds and not the thousands or millions that we hope to eventually aspire to. I see. 
And then now with all this experience, right? Cause you've basically founded uh, a few companies you helped found and now an editor in chief of money 2020. And I do remember right, one of the segments or I guess portions of the conference is that there's young entrepreneurs and hell, I don't know what their age is, but at least they're from a, a standpoint uh, of their company. These ideas are in their infancy have, I think seven minutes to make a pitch. Right. And then with that, they can also look to maybe get themselves some funding or even get themselves some feedback. But as you look back and at, on some of your experiences and some of these things that have really formed who Sanjeev Kalita is, you know, what advice would you give to one of these entrepreneurs or the startups as they are just looking to break ground or bring their idea into a marketplace? Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great question. And I, I think that, um, one of the learnings, you know, having done this several times now, um, is the uh, appreciation for the life cycle of an idea and a business. And, um, you know, what, what that means is, um, you know, as the, as a catalyst, as a spark for the idea, um, you, you're going to be there at the very beginning and hopefully guide it through at each of these stages. And at the very beginning, um, most people don't understand what you're doing and they think that you're crazy for doing it. Um, and, and sometimes they'll, they'll tell you you're absolutely crazy. Sometimes they'll just say, okay, yeah, whatever. And you know, they, they won't pay too much attention to it. But um, you know, so as an entrepreneur, it's, I think it's really important that you recognize that, that you're in that stage and um, and you know, you're, you, you sort of you hopefully you have a vision of where the market is going to go, and eventually the market comes around to that vision that you have, and then eventually people start seeing what you're doing and how it makes sense, and then you, you'll hopefully get more uh, comments like, "Oh wow, this is a great idea," or you know, this. Is, but and and I think that's that's a good point that uh, to be really starting to think about scaling and so forth, and and. Um, so, so I, I, I'd say like, if you, if you're at the spark and you say something and people are like, oh yeah, that's a great idea right away, you know, that just then do a little bit more homework and like think, okay, why, why, why hasn't someone done this before? Maybe the challenges are too high, but it, it's, it's, it's just sort of, um, I think getting an appreciation for, uh, for that. And, and, and just one more quick, quick point. And I, I think might be really important as a member of a startup team is that um, you, you know when you are working in a large company and you know you're part of a team, you, you know the, the, there's if something pushes out for a week or a few days or a few hours, it, you know it's not going to mean the end of the business. Uh, whereas a lot of times when you're looking at something that's really early stage, you know that they're even later stage. You know that all these decisions are so critical. And I, I know, John, since you, you're, you've gone into, um, you know, more, more entrepreneurial types of companies too, you can appreciate that. But it, it, it's sort of like, when you say you're going to do it, um, you, you need to do it. And, and, and just being able to take that ownership upon yourself is very critical. And, and that, that's so, you know, from the team perspective, make sure you have a team that uh, fully appreciates that. Yeah, definitely ownership, accountability, sense of urgency. All key Absolutely. things. Yeah.
Well, hey, Sanjeev, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. And as, as you referenced right uh, on this cast a couple of times, yes, you and I do definitely go way back and uh, been able to, you know, share our truths and some of the experiences. And, you know, one of the things I really just want to touch on, before, be remiss if I didn't before we get out of here, is that, you know, I think the first time we met each other, we were in this leadership program at City, and they had taken us up to West Point, uh, stayed at the Thayer Hotel, a first-class operation all the way around. And it was very interesting because even though you were working in New York and I was working in Jacksonville, having some of those shared experiences really helped form, you know, some of the bonds and uh, some of the relationships through the years. And I also find that also very critical and very key to be able to, you know, experience things with people. I, I absolutely agree. And, and, you know, I, I feel the same way. It, it, it's sort of, uh, um, I, it just brings back some um, great memories of where I was mentally back then. And, and then, you know, like even, you know, for example, when our, when our bus broke down, uh, yeah, we, you know, on, on the way to um, a winery for dinner and, and then uh, it, 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 and, and sort of like the chaos that ensued and being able to get past that, I, I, you know, just sort of made me think like a lot of times, you know, the best, relationships are formed when you experience difficulties and are able to overcome them and, and, and so it, you know in, you came up from Florida I, I, I was in New York so and it's sort of like that shared experience and that shared sense of overcoming that um, and I, I, I like I feel like when we meet up like we can call draw back upon that and, and oh, it sort of it keeps us real I think oh yeah and, and just make no mistake I'll never forget right so they've got us in the woods on orienteering it was on about teamwork about leadership having a contingency plan and just you know for the sake of those listening right the bus breaks down and it's this bus it's some it's I don't know called shamrock tours or something and the driver was actually had a red beard and had a green hat on was dre dressed like a leprechaun and we broke down and we had um, no contingency plan. <laughs> and, and even you talk about the chaos ensuing people, even that were in the team, they actually thought it was part of the exercise and they were looking to try to fix the bus. And this guy, I just remember the bus driver looking over. He's like, yeah, well, maybe a tow truck and a mechanic, but, but it's like, I'm like, you guys ain't going to fix this bus. So, but you know, we should probably try to get that group back together. Like a, a, a reunion of that, uh, that leadership class of man, what was that? 2001 at this point, 2001. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, so, that, that, that's a great idea. So maybe what we'll do is we'll throw out there. If anybody's listening, uh, was part of that, uh, city MA class at 2001, either drop myself or send Jeeb a note on LinkedIn and we'll see if we can bring something uh, together. Uh, that also includes who were, and that we had some chaperones too. It was a uh, Gail, uh, who Leslie and who else? And Minna. And yeah, there you go. Yeah, so maybe if they're listening too, we'll we'll see if we can get the band back. <laughs> hey, hey, Sanjeev, absolute pleasure uh, to have you on the program. You know, really appreciate your insights and sharing your experiences, especially from your childhood into your formative years and your education, and then really how that again gelled and that kind of found who the essence of who you are and give us a kind of a little peek inside your mind. So I do appreciate that. Um, before we get out of here, though, I want to ask you a little bit of rapid fire questions, if you're okay with it, just so we can get to know you just even a little bit better. Absolutely. All right. So what's your favorite ice cream? Uh, pistachio. Oh, that's a nice one. Uh, what are you reading right now? I mean, I've started reading uh, autobiography of uh, Benjamin Franklin by Walter Isaacson. 
Okay. And uh, the next place you'd like to travel. That, that, that's a, that's a tough one. I, th there's so many places I'd say, uh, maybe, uh, India. Well, hopefully between these hurricanes and this COVID, all this stuff will go away and then you'll be able to get back over there. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, favorite adult beverage. <laughs> this is actually, uh, all props are to you, John, uh, Basil Hayden. Um, I remember when we were in New York and we, we went out for drinks, you and I, and, you're, and I was like, well, what should we get? And you're like, Basil Hayden. And you, you got me onto it and I haven't gotten off. Oh, yeah. No, it's, hey, it's a good one. I like that. And uh, you're, finally, your least favorite business cliche. Uh, my, my least favorite is, uh, it is what it is. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good, right? It talks about, you know, your entrepreneurial spirit or your... Like, hey, breaking, building a better car. It is and doesn't have to be what it has to be. Exactly, you're gonna it, exactly. You're going to make it, gonna make it a lot better. Exactly. Hey, man, absolute pleasure catching up. Uh, really do appreciate the time. Uh, thanks again for being on the Wave Zero podcast. Thank you very much, John. I truly appreciate it and uh, looking forward to meeting in person soon. Definitely. Money 2020 in Vegas. <laughs> thanks. <laughs>